Hi there. Welcome once again to another episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast. It's me, Manny Garavito. And um, putting this a little out there, uh, just came back from the corner. Totally sick. Well, I'm getting over a sickness, but it's good to be recovering. I didn't get the Illuminati flu shot. And I am facing the consequences severely. And <clears throat> here's the thing. The, the, the flu really sneaks up on you. You think you just have a little scratchy throat? All right. Next day, you got a little cough. It starts escalating slowly but surely. And then there's like this peak where you just ask for death. You just ask for the end. Just, just, I just need some sleep, even if it's the final night of rest. Just let me get out. Here's the thing. I used, started using my voice at a networker, and <clears throat> this was like on the third day of when the flu symptoms started coming in, and my voice gave out in the middle of the event. And for the remainder of the night, it just felt like I was swallowing glass. <laughs> what a great way to start the podcast, everybody. Great imagery, huh? <laughs> Anyways, um, let's change the subject here. I just came back from the corner. That's why these uh, podcast. That's why this particular podcast came out a bit late. The corner is a great bar. I really enjoy the people that go there, from the bartenders to the security guards the bouncers, the attendees, the comedians that are always interested in performing at this particular place. It just comes together to make it such a great show. And tonight was one for the books because it really did feel like an extension of one of those little hidden comedy clubs you would find in the northeast of USA, like in New Jersey or New York. You know, when you go into like these little areas and this... I remember one time I was walking up and down Greenwich Village and by chance I just looked to my bottom right and there was this um, this little stairway and a door. And I saw two people walking out of it. And it didn't even have a name. Except like a sticker. Some punk rock font looking sticker right above it called something Rabbit. Um, and I went downstairs and I opened the door. And it was like a dungeon of a craft beer garden. It looked dangerous. It looked like it was held up with planks you know when you go into a bunker and then there's uh, an underground thing it looked like you know what it looked like it looked like a like what chapo used to get out <laughs> it looked like an underground tunnel it spanned out for about 20 or so feet and there was hardly any space to walk in about 10 people sat there but i gotta admit that dungeon looking place really Really sparked the uh, the drinking in me. I had a great time in there, and this is of course um, on my drinking days. All right, I'm still sober. Twenty twenty is going to be a sober year. Okay, just saying. Don't want you guys to think that I gave up. Anyways, I wanted to do this podcast to talk about uh, the feeling of detachment. So, because I was sick, and because it's the new year, and I got sick early on in this new year. I really started to take a look at my life in a very different way. And I started looking at everything I used to do the year before, which is only a week or two ago. And I used to, I, I, I'm not looking at that differently because I used to think of work in a certain way. I used to think of social interactions a certain way, my identity in a certain way. 
And then now, <clears throat> now that I'm completely detached, have you guys ever felt that feeling of just sheer detachment? Like you, you just don't care. You don't care anymore. Um, you see the bullshit all over you, but it just, it doesn't affect you. It just, you don't care. What a wonderful feeling. This is the new vacation. Detachment. Give it a shot. Just let go. Let your bills go to waste. Don't pay your bills. Don't pay your bills for a while. Just see what happens. Just feel the feeling of freedom. <laughs> no, don't do that. Joking. But do let go of the notion of you having to pay bills for a good time or to stay alive or to maintain your lifestyle, however you see it. Anything that stresses you out. Pretend what it would be like to be completely detached from it. What an amazing feeling this new feeling in 2020 is because of my sickness i stopped working <laughs> i still go to the shows right i still hang out with my comedian friends and check in the attendees and watch some of the show but i leave early and i go home and i go straight to bed or i read a little something and i go and i just relax and i just dwell in my sickness and i gotta admit this sickness was a godsend as painful as it was, I really got to feel what it was like to not give a fuck. But this is in, in a whole new level because you think you, give, you think you don't give a fuck, but I'm talking about where no one really has to know that you don't give a fuck. This is a private, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's a little private venture of yours. And now that I'm recovering and I'm feeling better and I'm getting the energy and the motivation the inspiration to jump back on board and do the things like I used to do. I'm going to, you know what I'm, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to say, let's do it differently. Let's find a whole other process, process, process where whatever you thought was the right way to do it, do something completely different. And I'm already working on a brand new project. I think I mentioned it last week. And I'm here uh, beta testing it, have full control of it, and I feel good. I feel good that I took a break from my previous job, I'd say, or processes, and I'm embarking on a brand new one. And to be focused in such a way is, is exhilarating to know that I'm recovering. I didn't want to take any antibiotics. Because I hear that every time you take them, it's kind of like you nuke your whole body, but then it becomes immune to antibiotics the more you do it. So I'm just going to wait for like the D-Day of virus. I mean, God forbid. But, you know, if anything crazy were to come up, you don't want your body to be immune to antibodies, right? You, you want to use that nuke when it's necessary. Not, not during a flu. I'm talking about like, you know what? I'd rather not even say the names because God forbid. But something crazy, you know, high up there. Or when you zoom in and you see those microscopic viruses on a microscope, you can see that they have faces and for some reason teeth like those. You got to nuke those with antibodies. I digress. <coughs> see them making me cough. It's like they hear me. Um, yeah, so I'm embarking on a new project. I'm beta testing it. And um, I'll just give you the gist of this project. It's going to be a way to connect comics. Something that's never been done before, right? I mean, that's how I do. I just innovate. I innovate and market. 
the two most important things you can do as a business owner, sheer innovation and brilliant marketing. And <clears throat> yeah, a, a, a few years ago, I started a website called Independent Comedian. And it got some traction. People like the blogs I wrote on there. So the, the idea of Independent Comedian is to show up-and-coming comedians that they're vulnerable and powerful at the same time. Because the career that we're embarking in, I talked about this on the previous podcast, is crazy. It's absurd to pursue this. However, there's some power to it as well because there's no middleman. But a lot of comedians wait for the middleman. They wait for somebody to pick them up or to do something, and right? All that stuff. So when I started making some money in comedy, I realized that you had to kind of like switch a mindset from if I'm funny, I'm going to get business to I'm funny, let me get business. And once you do that mindset shift, you're going to see a lot of doors open up and it's going to be you turning the knob, right? So independent comedian was an idea that kind of worked out for a bit. It's still I'm still going to do something with it. But the concept just needed to flourish a little bit more quickly to the comedians. Of course, not only here locally, but in the nation. Comedy scenes need to know that the future of comedy, especially when it comes to the up-and-comers, is solely on your own hands. Like you as a comedian, you you have the ability to make a career on your own and don't wait for anybody to do it for you all these gatekeepers out there and you know these egomaniac comedians oh that's one of the things that you know that's one thing about this business that really sucks man as much as i love comedy as much as i love making people laugh the egos that are involved in this business are the absolute worst so as i'm growing you know i i kind of like look at myself and even though I'm pretty funny, I never take it to the point where I boast about it or lie to people of my level. And <clears throat> I see it all the time. And I'm sure a lot of comedians see it all the time. There's like these egos that battle each other. I don't know who's funnier. And it's like, dude, no one cares. No one cares. You're, you're still doing an open mic next week. Sell it out. Just find your voice, get creative with it, and figure it out on your own. You don't have to prove it to some other micer. It's ridiculous to think. And it's not only that, man. It's also like, it's not just the performers. It'd be unfair to say it's just the performers. It's the producers. It's the bookers. It's, you even see it in the audience sometimes. Just audience members that just sit down and watch a show to frown the whole time and to prove a point that you're not funny. It's like, okay, then you come up, and then they go up, and then they make a mess. <laughs> I see it all the time. And it makes sense to have an ego in stand-up comedy. It makes total sense, because your ego is what gives you the power to go on stage. you got to have an ego to be on stage. That's what drives you. That's what People want you to take the wheel and, be, and have a firm grip and be in control while you're performing, so you got to have an ego to do that. But when you go off the stage, that's just ruining your... I think it just ruins your chances. If you come off like an asshole or a jerk or somebody that likes to push people around or someone that's just really difficult to work with or, so, or a bully, 
I see these personality types all the time. They're scumbags, man. Just sheer scumbaggery out there in stand-up comedy. And you know, and you're, if you're a comic listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. So now that I've had this detachment phase, I'm looking at it now in a whole new light where like this ego problem is an issue, right? And I, I get it. I mean, to be a stand-up comedian, to pursue this art form, to go up as a stranger and make strangers laugh, there's, there's just something there. There's something there where it attracts these personality types. I get it. But I really believe that stand-up comedy is also one of the greatest art forms to practice, you know, First Amendment rights, how to communicate your presence, body language, and just the ability to be up there alone and entertaining everybody in a room. That's, that's magical. That's magical art form right there. So even though this... Art form attracts certain personalities. I can't shun the art form itself. It's a beautiful thing. I think Dave Chappelle said something great recently when he what what was the name of the award that he won, the Mark Twain Award. When he says like you know if you're if you're obstructing the content, that's that's the problem, not not the performer, the content itself. No, all the way around. If you're if you're obstructing the performer but not the content. Ah, forget what he said. But it made total sense when I heard it. <laughs> like the content is just... New- All right, I get it. The content is just nuances, right? Those are just details. You know, what's being said, what's offensive, what's acceptable, what's politically correct and what's not. Right, those are just details. But when a single person goes up, you're seeing them come to light and to fruition of who they really are. And it's true. Stand-up comedy saved my life, too. Stand-up comedy, when I went up, I was somebody completely different than I am now. And I think the reason why I became the person I am is because I kind of got over all these things I had to work through. And I did it on stage. I did it with writing. I did it with performing. I did it with watching other comedians make a mess of themselves or still making a mess of themselves. And then I look at myself and I'm like, I don't want to do that. or I don't want to be that. I don't want to end up like that. It really showed me a lot <clears throat> just by showing me the kinds of people that come out and do this, right? So I went all the way around to talk right back to this new project I'm building. So comedians have a power of becoming their own manager, right? Their own agent. I mean, some, some have the luxury of, of course, hiring someone to do it for them, but I think there's a lot more comedians out there that can use a better understanding of business within itself. Not just show business, just business, just how you how business works. How to be an entrepreneur and you're the product. And so this new project that I'm embarking on is going to do just that. It's going to start opening a couple of eyes and I I really think it's long overdue. Because When I started doing comedy shows in Miami and my productions here, a lot of people were saying that it's not possible in a city like this. Festivals came and went. Producers came and went. Rooms came and went. Comedians came and went. Um, And then now everybody is, I guess, inspired by the story of being able to create comedy shows, plural, in this city where everybody crosses their arms and says, I never heard of this guy, but then later on, 
realized that the show was still entertaining. It's kind of a hump you got to jump over here in the Magic City. But once you do jump over that hump, people start realizing, wow, stand-up comedy as a whole, and not just on Netflix, is quite entertaining. This is a lot of fun. <coughs> and uh, yeah, we got to do that elsewhere. This, uh, this thing that I figured out, this thing that I learned, um, I'm going to compartmentalize it and make it very sophisticated where people can do that just about anywhere, right? So, yeah, detach yourself, see through the bullshit and just relax. Don't even, don't let the bullshit upset you. Learn from it and be like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. That guy's fucked. I don't want to, I don't ever want to be like that. Don't get, don't get angry at traffic. Avoid road rage. Don't get to petty drama. Don't be an egomaniac off the stage. I'm telling you, it's one of the most relieving feelings you'll ever get. And it only opened more and more doors for you. Take my word for it. I've been doing it for 48 hours. I feel great. <laughs> no, I can, I can already imagine. Like, I feel this whole new, uh, this feeling like there's just so much coming. It's just like, I just got to sit back and just let it come. And uh, it's, it's, it just seems undeniable. It blows my fucking mind just thinking about it. And now that I'm working on this project, it feels like just opportunities are just going to be overflowing. Just you wait and see. Once the website's ready, I'll make the announcement. You podcast listeners, uh, you'll be the first to know once it's good to go. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Miami Comedy Podcast. We do this every Sunday night. We'll see you on the next episode.